Hey, welcome to episode two. Today we're going to talk about love strategies. So Justin, what is a strategy? When we say that word, what do we mean? Right. When we talk about strategies, we're really talking about how your brain knows when it's time to feel or do something. How do you know it's time to show up a certain way at work? How do you know it's a sh time to show up a certain way with your spouse? Well, your yeah. brain has strategies that are kind of ingrained in you that you've decided at one point to follow and learned. It's a learned behavior mm -hmm. um, to show up that way. Sometimes there's a, a lot of steps to a strategy, like your per buying strategy might be very different than your friend. It might take you several steps till you know you're ready to purchase something. And your friend might be like, I just see it, I want it, I buy it. So that's a very short strategy. For me, when I buy something, I have to visually really like the way it looks. I have to do a lot of research to see how it's comparable to other things on the market. And I want to make sure that I'm getting a good deal. So I also look at the price point. And then when I feel really good about all those things, then I buy it. So I kind of have a long buying strategy, but we have strategies for everything. Like when is it time to go to bed? When is it time to wake up? When is it time to work out? When is it time to feel motivated? When is it time to feel unmotivated and pull out my phone and scroll on social media? Like we have specific things that have to happen for us to now mentally feel ready for those decisions. Right, right. And these aren't things that you're always consciously yeah, aware of your programs. Unless, you unless you've your analyzed your strategies. Right. So I Julie's picked apart her buying strategies and her love strategies like a, to a level that most people haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, most people are going throughout their day, showing up a certain way, not necessarily knowing why um, they might show up in this situation and act one way today, but act completely different tomorrow. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is you do have strategies for the decisions you make in your life. Today, we want to dive into our love strategies. What is your love strategy? There is a very popular book that's been out for the last several years named The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Um, very phenomenal book. I recommend reading it if you haven't. He goes over what really are, he calls them the five love languages, but what he did is he identified the different strategies people have for feeling loved and receiving love and also giving love. And these strategies are words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Right. Julie's only strategy for love is physical touch. Uh, and has no more depth than that. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just joking. And if you do read this book or you have read it, you will identify with probably more than one of these strategies. And one of them might be more of a dominant strategy. And I have to, for words of affirmation, when people tell me things that are very validating, that makes me feel loved. And so it's good to know how do you receive love? What right. strategy is your love strategy and this is more for like the the purpose of this book is more to teach you about yourself and less about trying to force someone else to show up a different way for you yes so this is why we wanted to bring this book up because often when i hear people talk about how great this book they also tell me how they're using it and they're using it to their detriment of their relationship so justin do you want to tell us what are right. the pitfalls of yeah using you don't even you don't even realize that you're doing this a lot of times but it just takes a little bit of awareness a little bit of taking a step back one of the ways the biggest pitfalls of this book that people do immediately once they start um reading this book is to delegate their feelings, their emotions off to their spouse, mm -hmm. right? So they're saying, okay, 
this is how I feel loved. Now you are responsible for showing up in this specific way. So that I can now feel loved. So that I can feel loved. <laughs> so I've given up my yeah. my ability to choose and what I'm feeling. When you say it that <laughs> way, it it's her. so ridiculous. It's like, I know you right. love me, but I just don't feel it. So can you please do this so that I can now feel that you love me? <laughs> yeah. And that quickly leads into the second like pitfall of uh, that people fall into using this uh, book, which is blaming your spouse. Mm -hmm. So now I'm expecting you to show up differently to please me. And I've given away that control. Well, if I'm not feeling loved, guess mm -hmm. what? It's, it's your fault. fault. It's your fault if I don't yep. feel loved. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the way I process my own emotion. Right. Another uh, pitfall is, you know, once you read this book, our brains really like to box things in. They mm -hmm. like to categorize things. We love, 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 love personality tests to say, I am this way. Yeah, we like labels. <laughs> right. They make us feel safe. <laughs> and according to Dr. Benjamin Hardy, uh, he's even got a whole book about it. Personality isn't permanent. We change our brains. There's something called neuroplasticity where your brain rewrites itself over time. Yeah, you can learn new strategies. Right. What? what? <laughs> yeah, so you might read this book and like, I am definitely words of affirmation. But as time goes on, you have a lot of kids, your life changes. You might find, actually, I really want some more quality time. Right. So you can rewrite your strategy. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Like, wouldn't you love it if you could just feel loved no matter what the circumstance was? But that's just how you felt. Yeah. So don't take this book and say, I am words of affirmation. I will need that the rest of my life. No, like you can learn, you can learn to associate love into all of these different languages, these strategies. Right. The last pitfall that people fall into is they use these love languages. They learn about them. They delegate the feelings off to their spouse. They start maybe blaming their spouse. And finally, they start trying to read their spouse's mind, right? They mm -hmm. use it as <laughs> yeah. an excuse to say, oh, well, it didn't count when she used my love language because she didn't really mean it because she doesn't really feel it when I'm <laughs> when she's acting that way. Yeah, right? we attribute meaning to our spouse's actions. We think we know our spouse so well that we know what they're thinking when we really don't. If they didn't tell you with their lips and their words, then don't attribute meaning that you don't really know. And we know that these are pitfalls because we've actually fallen prey to a lot of them throughout at different points throughout our marriage. Had to learn and, uh, and grow through them. Here's how you use these love strategies to expand your ability to feel love from your spouse, to expand your ability to show up more powerfully. Because what if you could show up from a position of love, regardless of the circumstance? What would your marriage look like? What would it feel like? What would it sound like? to show up from that space of feeling completely loved by your partner, feeling safe in the relationship and feeling at home. Yeah. So I like, like I said, I do recommend this book because it's nice to see what is my current strategy for love? Let's say it's receiving gifts. It's like, oh, I notice that when I receive a gift, I feel a lot of love. In fact, I love to give gifts to people that I love because while I'm looking for that gift, I'm purchasing that gift, I'm thinking about them and I feel connected to them in my mind as I'm thinking about them. I'm feeling loved. Who's benefiting from you loving other people? It's primarily you because you get right. the gift of feeling that love inside. So if I know that receiving gifts is important to me and I love giving gifts and I share that with my partner, 
the best way to use these strategies is for that partner to now realize when she gives me a gift, that means a lot to her. She is saying she loves me. The partner might not feel naturally like, oh, she loves me when she gets this gift. It might not be his love language, but he can relabel receiving that gift as, oh, she loves me without demanding her like, well, I don't really care about gifts. I know you do. That's your thing. But I like physical touch. So if I want to feel loved in this relationship and you want me to feel loved, then you need to make sure you're giving me physical touch. But what you're doing is you're making your spouse pretend. That's not something that's natural for your spouse. So give your spouse room to feel love for you the way they want to feel loved. Because if they start pretending in a love language that's not natural to them, that's not building connection because they're just pretending. And guess what? When they're pretending, you will sense that. Right. The first thing that you want to do when you're reading this book is follow Socrates's, um, that quote by Socrates, right? To know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. That's the first thing we do when we read this book is we are like, wow, eyes open, mind blown. I know myself. This is how I receive love. The second thing, like Julie's saying, is to know your spouse and to know that, well, maybe for me, when I'm receiving physical touch, when my spouse is giving me physical touch, I feel all these warm fuzzies inside. But maybe for my spouse, when she's giving me a gift, when she's writing me a note, when she's just showing up and spending some quality time with me, right? That that's how she's feeling inside. And you've got to understand that and be able to receive that as if it was that other love language. The next tip, you know, is has to do with self-soothing, self-validation as you know yourself. And it might be a little counterintuitive um, <laughs> compared to that last tip, but it's okay to request things. It is okay to request things. Yes. It's not okay to demand things, mm-hmm. but it is okay to request things if you're wanting to receive love in a specific way. I say, I think in a marriage, when you demand things, it leads to expectation. Yeah. And expectation will always lead you up to frustration when they're not met. but when you request things, you can just feel appreciative when they happen because you're not expecting them to do it. You're like, I recognize I'm just asking you to do this for me. And then if they follow that request, then you can feel appreciation. For right. Your you can allow but yourself to feel not that. necessary for your relationship to thrive or for you to feel right. Loved. Now, a lot of husbands in their relationships, especially with love, with receiving love, giving love, a lot of times you feel damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, to quote my stepdad, he likes to use that phrase. Um, well, she's requesting it. She's asking me to show up in this way. She wants these gifts. But now if I give it to her, well, it doesn't count because she had to ask for it. And if I don't give it to her, then I am in the doghouse. Right. And so what we're saying is to allow other people to make requests. And if you're making the request, give your spouse room to fulfill that request their best way that they know how. Yeah. Allow room in your relationship for your spouse to be themselves. Yeah. To show you love the way they actually feel love for you and attribute, attribute love to that. Like, don't, don't say you have to show up this way for me to feel love. Like when they say, when I just spend time with you without even like talking necessarily, I'm just spending that time with you. I feel so much love. You'd be like, oh, that's good to know. That's good information and good data for me. So that now when we're just spending time together, I can now make that mean, oh, he's showing love for me. He loves me. He's showing right. up in our relationship. So one last thing we're going to talk about, how do you expand your love language, your love strategies? 
how do you, so I want to ask Julie this, how do you expand your love strategies and why does it feel so awkward <laughs> when you try to implement a new strategy? Well, these strategies, you know, they come from our lifelong experience of watching our parents model love and the way that they're raised, the way love was talked about, like we form these strategies at a pretty young age unconsciously. So there are programs and our habits of being. So when we step into a new strategy, it doesn't feel natural right? Mm -hmm. It's that neuroplasticity. We're making new neural connections. And so it's like when you drive a car for the first time, you're hyper aware of everything going around you. You're like, this isn't right. I'm super uncomfortable doing this because you're learning things. But you know, a year after driving a car for the first time, you're able to relax a little bit. It feels more natural. Same thing with these love languages. There have been ways of receiving love your entire life that feel very natural to you. And so let's say, physical touch is not natural to you and you feel awkward doing it, sometimes you just have to behave yourself into new ways of being. You have to fire off those neurons, those new neural pathways, let it be awkward, but soothe yourself. I'm like, this is me giving love. This is me receiving love. This isn't natural. I know what's going on. I'm just building new neural pathways. And over time, just like with driving a car, you it's uncomfortable, but you want the end result. You want to be able to drive that car and be independent, right? So you do it because you're after the result. So if you want to learn a new love language, even though it doesn't feel natural, keep showing up, keep building those neural pathways. And over time, it can become a new strategy for you. Right. So if you're ready to cut through the crap, right, in your relationship, to be able to be self-validating, right? to be able to feel love regardless of the circumstance. This is one of the reasons why our relationship works so well is because we spend a lot of time training our minds to be able to feel certain things regardless of the circumstance, regardless of if Julie's showing up crazy, pulling her hair out. What? I, I never. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even if that happens, I can feel loved. I can feel safe. I can feel secure. And how am I going to show up for my spouse when I'm feeling those things much better? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Don't take things personally, guys. We're going to have a whole nother podcast on this, but we, we think that everything our spouse does has something to do with us. And we forget that they are an entire human being outside of their relationship with us. And they have a whole you know, they have all these programs, they have all these reasons that they do things outside of you. Don't make everything have to do with you. Right. That's that's it. That's a whole nother topic, though. Sorry. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this. I hope you uh, if you liked what you heard, if it resonated with you, um, if you could see yourself sharing this with a friend, go ahead and do that. Um, we appreciate it so much. We love our listeners. We love hearing from you. If you've got any topics you want us to talk about, send us a text, send us a message. Yeah. All right. Talk to you next time.